there. This is Adam Trina, CEO and founder of Health Launchpad. Uh, we help technology companies navigate the healthcare market. This is episode four of the Healthcare Startup Podcast. This week, I'm delighted to say that we are talking with Emily Reiser. Emily is the Senior Manager and Innovation Community Engagement at Texas Medical Center Innovation, also known as TMCI. I got to know Emily recently as she leads TMCI's efforts to introduce mentors to startups at TMCI, and we were talking about everything that she does there, and I thought it'd be a really good opportunity for startups to learn more about TMCI. So, Emily, tell us a bit about yourself and what you do at TMCI. Thanks, Adam. Delighted to have this conversation with you today. Um, so I love working with the Text Medical Center Innovation Group. Uh, we have so many great people that we get to work with uh, every day. Uh, basically, what we're trying to do is create density around life science and medical innovation here in Houston, Texas. And the way that we do that is by bringing together different stakeholders that care about this as much as we do. So different hospital systems, clinicians, corporate partners, mentors, and of course the companies themselves that are driving innovation forward really quickly. Uh, so I got into this space uh, by exploring commercialization opportunities when I was doing my PhD. I wanted to know what would happen if the research that I was working on actually made it to the clinic. And that led me into this entire world of understanding what happens next uh, after the invention stage. So now I spend my time helping uh, all those folks that are anywhere from invention to implementation uh, to get connected to that next step. We have an incredible team at the Texas Medical Center that's dedicated to the same mission as well. Uh, so that's what we do. So thank you. Now, TMC is a really big organization and it's kind of difficult to kind of, from, from an outside in perspective, to get your head around all that TMCA, TMC does, and particularly what they do from, a, from an inner innovation standpoint. So can you help our listeners understand what TMC is and all of the innovation initiatives that TMCI does? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Texas Medical Center is a 75-year-old nonprofit that was created uh, to manage the infrastructure and develop this medical city, uh, which it grew over time. And so the Texas Medical Center owns the land and we lease it back to hospitals for a dollar a year for 100 years renewable once. And so that is what has created this medical city in Houston. And about six years ago, the hospital leadership got together with our CEO to say, you know, what can the Texas Medical Center do more than infrastructure? And what we realized is that driving collaboration and community across all of these incredible brands and incredible institutions develop, delivering awesome care um, was a way that we as the Texas Medical Center could really support. And so that led to the creation of two of our foundations, the innovation group and the clinical research group. So on the innovation side, we focus on driving collaboration across these different hospitals and companies. Um, and that's our main focus. 
Uh, we also have a clinical research group that's dedicated to, you know, the 10 million patient visits that we see each year, helping those patients um, really leverage the different clinical research opportunities provided by different corporate partners, et cetera. Um, so we have 21 unique IRBs on our campus. And so the Clinical Research Institute is trying to really leverage collaboration among all of our different hospitals that are delivering incredible care and at the cutting edge of clinical research. And so that's another big initiative of the Texas Medical Center as well. Oh, so there's a lot going on there. Yes. Um, so, so what are some of the benefits for a startup to get involved with TMCI? Yes, yeah, so startups really have uh, a huge challenge in terms of understanding what their customers are looking for and then getting direct access to those customers once they have a product that they're looking to you know, refine and improve. And so the Texas Medical Center Innovation Group is really focused on um, helping those innovators to understand those customers better and translate, you know, some of the complexities of the healthcare system. So our team works side by side with our clinical partners, especially things like those innovation groups or our other different decision makers across the hospitals to really understand what those needs are and what their strategic priorities are um, in a coming year, for example. We'll then take that information and distill it down for our startups who are looking to build these kind of partnerships. So when we work with a startup, we understand what clinical traction that they already have and how that could relate to providing value back to one of our hospital partners. We then help that startup navigate that relationship so that they're building something that's going to last over a long period of time and be valuable for both partners. So it's mostly done through our accelerator program, but we also have a lot of other different kinds of programs at Teams Innovation. Some are focusing on, you know, that clinician with an idea at the very earliest napkin stage. Um, and others are kind of more on the therapeutic side. We're starting a new cancer therapeutics accelerator uh, next year as well. Um, navigating that big gulf between academia and that first round of venture financing for cancer therapeutic startups. Uh, so a lot of different programs going on, but ultimately at the end of the day, we're identifying those gaps, either in communication or commercialization, and helping these startups, founders, companies, clinician inventors to navigate those steps and to find the right resources. What is it that sets TMCI apart from you know, some of the other big healthcare accelerators in the world? Yeah, we uh, are in great company. There's a ton of awesome accelerators out there and we share a lot of alumni. And so um, we're happy to partner with those um, different groups when we can as well. Um, the one that's most similar to us is probably Cedar sinai Accelerator. We share the most uh, alumni with them and they also are looking to provide a pathway toward a pilot or a long-term relationship with their hospital. Where we set ourselves apart from them in particular is that it's great to have access to one hospital, but what we can do here in the medical center is validate a technology across several different hospital systems. So within a week or two, a company can meet with decision makers at MD Anderson and at Houston Methodist and at Texas Children's and really understand how their product could be valuable to each of those different big enterprise systems. Um, so we really focus on helping startups identify a customer and a pathway toward building a relationship. 
That's right. We're not a standard accelerator in the investment side of things. So if you think about other big tech things like Y Combinator, uh, they're definitely great at finding customers and also raising money. Uh, we really help customers, we really help companies get that milestone that's going to get them their next investment uh, and really drive value uh, for their customers. Yeah, got it. It's a, it's a really, really good model. I mean, I, I heard somewhere that I think that Texas Medical Center has something like a million patients a year. Is that, is that, a, is that stat true or is that like you know, kind of ballpark? We actually have 10 million patient visits million per patients. year. Okay, I was off by just a, a little one zero. <laughs> it's <Wow>. astounding. <laughs> yeah, the, the scale of this place is incredible. I mean, people visit Houston for the first time and think that the medical center is downtown because there's all these skyscrapers of <laughs> hospitals and it's it really is its own medical city. Um, we have 110 plus thousand people that come to work here every day. Um, so it's really just its own little infrastructure place um, that that has a tremendous uh, amount of intellectual prowess and you know solid clinical research and innovative new technologies. So you know, so if I was a startup and I was at an early stage, like I've got an idea, you know, it's something better than you know, it's a little bit further than an idea in the back of a net napkin. Maybe I've got a minimum viable product. You know, and I've got some validation. Um, how do I get involved? What's the process? Yeah, so for us, we do really want to see, uh, for our accelerator in particular, that companies have that validation uh, with another clinical partner. So we're working with pretty large enterprise health systems that uh, are extremely innovative, but are also looking for technologies that ha they're not going to be the first place that you go um, um, because they care really about their patient quality and safety first and foremost, um, just as everybody does. But um, it's really important for them to have that prior clinical validation. So that's what we look for as well. We look for companies uh, that have demonstrated that they understand their own value proposition to a health system um, and that they've done some prior work with a clinical partner. The stage though really varies. So we've worked with companies that have raised $125,000 all the way to series B companies within the same year. Um, so it's really less about stage and more about, do you have enough clinical validation to help you understand what your potential value to our hospital partners are, but also have enough um, room to grow and to co-develop potentially with one of our partners. Um, and that's our sweet spot. Got it. So you're not really incubating raw ideas. You're taking them when they've sort of come out of that sort of incubation period. Yeah. Yes, we, we do incubate more local ideas. So we have a different um, definition of what traction means for, for example, uh, a surgeon developing a technology that is um, practical at one of our hospitals. We look at that differently than if we are looking at a company that's coming from the UK or from the you know, coasts or whatever. So um, we definitely are looking at Texas technologies a little bit differently than those coming in from elsewhere. Got it. So, you know, out of all the healthcare systems, if, if you're a surgeon or, a, you know, a, I don't know, an ENT physician and you've got an idea for an application or a particular medical device, you, there's a different path for you, which sort of makes sense, right? I mean, that's... 
Absolutely. So we are uh, a place where global companies do come and set up their first U.S. entity here with us. That happens all the time. We have some great relationships with uh, governments and different trade organizations um, that represent different international partners uh, through our BioBridge program. But um, we are also hyper locally focused on our community uh, as well and in developing the not only um, technologies, but also the talent that's going to be able to continue to develop more and more companies and grow the whole community uh, as we move forward. So let's talk about some of the startups that are either in the program right now or have just graduated. What, what are some of the startups that you, you, you know, you, you're most excited about? I know it's difficult to pick favorites, but you, know, you must have. <laughs> well, that was really cool. So um, I'll give a couple examples on some of the different extreme cases of companies um, so that you can kind of get a sense of, of how different all these technologies are, um, which for me is the most exciting part um, to play a small piece in the you know, in- incredible journey that these companies go through. Uh, so Luma Health is one of our favorite companies. Uh, they are a patient communication platform that helps um, hospitals manage um, their patients across their entire journey. Uh, so they started out in small and medium clinics to help with referrals and sort of the data exchange that would happen as a result of that. Um, they've grown incredibly quickly and have a partnership with Cisco that's enabling them to do telehealth, uh, which has also been incredible for um, this COVID period in in particular. Um, That team just has an incredible skill set and focus on their customers um, and has been one of the teams that has been the most fun to work with. Um, And so that's sort of one of these big hospital efficiency, patient journey, patient communication platforms that we really love. That's really interesting. So, you know, as you know, I, before I started Health Launchpad, I had I, I was the founder of a, 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 a clinical communications company. Basically, it was uh, clinician to clinician communication, and we we explored uh, patient communications a number of different times, and I actually had two or three goes at it, and just could never really get anything that would scale. And I'm just kind of curious. It's like, what was it about Luma? What's the secret source with Luma where, you know, they figured out something which is a, re, you know, a scalable business? So I think one of the key insights for all of the patient communication platforms that we've seen is that conversion to SMS as that primary touch point with the patient. Um, So patients of all ages and backgrounds will um, really respond well to SMS communication, and that has been driving a lot of new tool sets um, that don't require an app or even a web browser interface in order to function well. So that was one of the keys for Luma Health in particular. Yeah, makes so much sense. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, we we came at it very much from the app side of it, and I think we recognized that that was – you know, that we needed to move to SMS, you know, and we had some ways of doing it, but they, they clearly found the secret source there. Good for them. So um, well, tell me, you know, you, you must see so many different entrepreneurs. I mean, what are some of the, um, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see entrepreneurs making here in, in healthcare? So I think the biggest mistake that we see are when startups forget to put themselves in the shoes of their customers. And so they're 
really on this crusade to change healthcare and they feel like they're the only ones who know how to do that. And that's the way they talk with each other, with other founders, with their investors. They're uniquely qualified to, to solve this problem, right? But when you take that same rhetoric into conversations with your customer and you say things like the system is broken and it's moving too slowly, um, that doesn't set that relationship up with your customer on a great foot. Um, And so there's so many people within the healthcare system that are really doing a lot of amazing work to change things at one step at a time. Um, And so when you're talking with these folks, it's really important to really understand what their process is and what they're looking for. And so that's really what we spend the most amount of time coaching our companies around is what do these individuals within the system care about and what's the best way to approach that conversation. Uh, So I would say that's one thing that we really encourage all of our founders to be thoughtful about. That's just so helpful. I mean, I I go, you know, I kind of think back to when I was starting uh, what became Unify Health and, you know, my partner and I you know, as a physician, you know, we just thought we had all of the answers to everything. And, uh, you know, you, you, because you're so pumped up about what you're doing and, you know, you're also a bit scared, um, you overcompensate. And I think back to some of the first meetings that we had were just disastrous because we just, we, we were in rooms with CEOs and we just were not listening to what they were, what they were saying. It was so, it, we, we made those mistakes and I think it took a couple of sort of friendly CEOs just to sit us down or CIOs to sit us down and said, listen, <laughs> let me tell you what, you, let me tell you what you need to do to sell to us. And then we got a little bit of humility. And once we actually started, as you say, listening to what the customers really wanted and then and it ended up actually completely repositioning what we were doing, we then started to get some real traction. So that's just great advice. I, you know, I think that's, that's, you know, that, that's incredibly helpful to anybody. Um, you know, as, as, as we come out of this crisis, and, and hopefully we'll be coming out of this crisis over the next short while, whatever, I hate to put a time frame on it because who knows what's going to happen. But, you know, what do you think the biggest trends are or the, the biggest trends that you see coming out of the healthcare systems that are part of TMC that entrepreneurs should be thinking about? Yeah, I mean, the ones that come to mind first are definitely around telemedicine and remote monitoring. So these are things that hospitals had already started to implement in some senses, um, but not all of them. And so I think with the new reality that we're living in now, it's become very clear to them to have the right tools to be able to provide telemedicine effectively, and then also to ramp up their capabilities for virtual care. Um, I think those are the first two that come to mind. The next one is certainly mental health, um, both for our you know, first responders and those on the front line uh, practicing medicine, um, which has been something that people have been talking about for a while. Um, and then also for our population more broadly, um, thinking about how to really scale access to mental health care and the reimbursements involved in that um, are changing um, in positive directions. Um, but there's still a lot of room for people to be addressing some of the shortcomings in that space as well. Um, We talk a lot on our team about how we think the next couple of months are actually going to be great for healthcare innovation because 
we have this uh, really motivated customer base that will be looking for technologies that are going to help them prepare for the next wave and better manage their patients in a new reality. Um, so, you know, in this first phase where they've been really urgently working on how to provide the best care uh, as quickly as they could. They weren't necessarily bringing in a lot of new innovations, um, but we think in the next couple of months, we're going to see a lot of very motivated hospital systems um, that are going to be eagerly adopting new technologies in a couple of key areas. That's, that is really, really exciting to hear. Um, just playing devil's advocate a bit, I mean, healthcare, for a lot of reasons that are quite understandable, is quite a risk-averse industry, um, if it is, you can call it an industry. But um, do you think there's any risk that once all this thing, you know, once all this is passed and we're sort of back to healthcare, you know, the sort of normal business of healthcare, that the, the risk aversion, the, uh, the organizations will go back to sort of kind of the same old, same old? Or do you think that there's an opportunity for something a bit more transformative to happen? I think both. So (laughs) it's a tough uh, thing to say. I mean, I'm of course really glad that healthcare systems are risk averse because that's how they provide safe care. Um, And especially being able to work side by side with them through COVID responses has been incredible to um, really see how they're navigating, you know, that really strong focus on quality and safety uh, first and foremost. So, you know, I think the the risk aversion of healthcare is something I'm usually grateful for, actually, uh, despite the fact that I work in uh, healthcare innovation. Um, and so I think that they have also all been seeing this rise of retail healthcare. Uh, which I also assume will explode after, um, you know, this enables them to, to restart on the retail side. Um, and so I think that there's definitely a lot of threats to the systems that are, you know, were happening before COVID and that are also equally, um, you know, threatening their long-term businesses. So um, I'm mostly um, kind of weighing the, the risk aversion is actually potentially going to drive some adoption because they're not going to want to be in an unprepared position again. And so that's going to drive adoption of some things. Um, however, of course, their budgets took a hit just like everyone else's in terms of them not being able to do elective procedures. And, you know, how are they going to spend money on new and innovative products um, and manage their overall budgets as well? Um, so there's there's a lot of things that are going to be at play in the next several months. Mm-hmm. And you're always going to have some that adopt more readily than others. Um, and that's how the w- world works. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure some people will go back to business as usual. But I think a lot of uh, different systems are going to be um, looking to manage their future risk by adopting new technologies. Um, which is a, an interesting concept. Uh, I, to think I certainly appreciate your sort of, you know, more a positive and optimistic outlook and I, I i agree with you i think you're right so last question this is a question i ask everybody so if you could give the entrepreneurs one piece of advice what would that be i think it goes back to something we talked about earlier which is listen to your customers um listen to uh what's what they're actually saying um and uh 
try and leave some space for them to share with you what they care about and how you can build that together. Uh, I think that is uh, one thing that everyone can be reminded of no matter what industry that you're in is to, to remember to listen to the person on the other side of the table from you um, and actively look to, to build something that, that makes sense together. Uh, so that's uh, what I, I so agree with you. I think that's a great piece of advice. Emily, uh, your insights have been really, really helpful. And uh, it's great to learn more about TMC and TMCI. Um, thank you very much for your time today. Thanks for having me, Adam. We'll talk soon. Bye.